The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, in this day and age where intuition is becoming more and more of the norm, if we choose, we can learn to support, warmly support, the intuition of our children, and rather than, as it was in the past, shun and dismiss it. Sarah Wiseman returns to the Authentic Living Show for a second time today to talk to us about her latest book, Your Psychic Child, which teaches parents and others how to raise intuitive and spiritually gifted children. We can learn how to, t- to mirror and support the intuitive life of all children and to assist and receive the special reflections of the child who may seem to know more about that underworld than we. Sarah Wiseman is a features journalist and award-winning singer and songwriter who's released three albums along with her band Martyrs of Sound and is the author of Writing the Divine and most recently Your Psychic Child. She is also an intuitive who spends a great deal of her time providing individual readings and teaching workshops on how to formulate a direct connection to the divine and she provides email mentoring as well. Your Psychic Child is her second book. The first, as we said, was Writing the Divine. Welcome, Sarah, to the show. I'm so glad to have you back again. Oh, thanks so much. It's my great pleasure. Well, I've read your wonderful book, and it is really a good book. I think it really does sort of dissipate some of the fear we have of our own children's abilities. And uh, so I guess where a good place to start was is, is to talk about intuition in general. Can you just sort of give us an overview of a definition of, of intuition, what it means to be intuitive? Yes, absolutely. And I guess... I'm thinking that I probably come to this from a little bit different place than, um, say, a lot of intuitives who became intuitive as children. I myself became intuitive as an adult um, due to some pretty interesting circumstances in which I had what I call now a, a spiritual awakening or a psychic awakening or a psychic opening. And to me, what intuition means is just being awakened or conscious to the other layers or levels um, that the universe has to provide. They're certainly out there, um, but they're at a little different frequency than we're used to paying attention to or used to listening um, to. And so really intuition to me is just the ability to use that, you know, sixth sense or um, other, other part of our brain that allows us to access this, this information. Um, the interesting thing about intuition is that it makes it very easy to see things um, really clearly in terms of your you know, next best step or your highest possibility. It's a really great um, way to guide, to guide your life in a more enjoyable <laughs> and pleasant manner than just sort of floundering around as we usually do with our rational brains making lists of pros and cons. Absolutely. And, I, you know, the, the distinctive difference for me is that when we're floundering around, it seems that we're looking to the external to guide us, mm-hmm. whereas intuition is the internal guidance system. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So it, it, it's, uh, it's a way of, of being able to make a decision. It's, um, it's a way of being able to recognize a reality. It's all that. So, okay. How has intuition, as you've seen it over the past, say, 100, 150 years, sort of evolved in our experience as a culture, the Western culture? You know, it's interesting because if you go, uh, if you go way back even, in, even further, and I'm certainly no history expert, so don't anyone email that, you know, that was the 17th century or whatever it is, but, um, you know, there was this certain very mystic sensibility that's been around since ancient times where maybe the shaman of the tribe or the even, I would say, the priest of the church would 
be the one who was able to have this direct connection with with the infinite or the divine. Um, but nowadays, we've really uh, made a very big transformation in that we're very able to have this connection um, for ourselves, and that means as adults, and then actually as this new generation of children comes around, this idea that you need a guru or a priest or a, any kind of go-between between yourself and your spiritual essence um, is an idea that's, that's just an old idea. That's not where we are um, anymore. Um, in terms of how, more recently, how we were all raised, it's, it's seeming to me as I talk with um, people over, say, age 40, a lot of them come to me and say, you know, I always felt I had this as a child, but um, I was labeled either odd or, or different or, um, you know, I was labeled creative or I was labeled imaginative. And I think that one of the changes that has come around now is that we have a better terminology uh, way of defining this special gift so that it's very clear what it is and what it isn't. Intuition is an aspect of right brain creative thinking, but it's um, not just creativity as in, in making art or, or writing. Um, it is very spiritually spiritually based and spiritually connected. So having that terminology really helps people to kind of understand uh, what their ability is. Right, right. So when it comes to raising a child who is intuitive or psychic, um, uh, we, we might be looking for certain kinds of things. What, what might a parent see in a child that would clue them into the idea that perhaps the child was maybe a little more intuitive than just your normal intuitive child? Yeah. You know, there are so many um, TV shows and blogs and such about uh, children who see ghosts or children who are mediums. And, you know, children definitely are mediums. However, um, my experience um, and the people that I work with, there's never this dark sense of um, the evil ghost coming out of the closet or this paranormal activity that's very dark and ugly and scary. Um, my own daughter, at the time that I wrote this book, my children were a little little younger because it takes a little while to write a book. And I remember my youngest daughter um, coming into the room on the first day of school, maybe she was around seven or eight, and saying, Mom, a, a girl ghost just walked through me. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, and in fact, there is a little... Uh, spirit gal that lives ar around us and in our house who's very um, nice and just likes living here. And I think the main thing is um, not to, as a parent, you know, freak out and, and start bringing in the holy water, but just to kind of put the cereal on the table and move about your day. And that's the clue. Like, okay, that child is has some medium, you know, capabilities. Or um, maybe a child will sort of, you know, read your thoughts. You'll be thinking some thought and the child will say it out loud without, you know, that being the conversation whatsoever. Maybe a child, and especially um, intuition can be used in terms of sensing danger or sensing a bad vibration about a person. And this can be, you know, enormously useful to a child if they're able to sense, you know, that's a good person. They just sense their aura or they sense the vibration and, okay, that's a bad person and I don't know why, but I want to stay away from that situation. Um, one of the things that I have noticed, too, is that it's, it's intuition and spirituality, as I see them, are, are basically falling along the same path. They're just very different threads of, of the same, same you know, yarn. Um, what I'm seeing a lot of is what I call spiritually advanced kids. And these are kids that are just like, you know, little Buddhas or something. They just seem to know um, the infinite truth without ever having, say, gone to church or Sunday school or read any books. They're six years old and they're speaking to you about forgiveness and love and healing. And I find this group to be especially, um, especially amazing and especially um, a sign of hope 
for this world to have Absolutely. this understanding Absolutely. come. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is that we've made a dramatic shift over the past hundred years about the value of a child, the child itself, so that, you know, it was not to be seen or heard over a hundred years ago and maybe even less than that. But now it's like the child has, you know, we, we can swing that pendulum all the way to the child taking too much importance as well, and I think that also is there. But, but it is that uh, one of the things that, uh, is beginning to slowly shift is the idea that we're born in original sin. Therefore, whatever we come up with as a child is to be discounted. Okay. Uh, but now it's like, oh, well, maybe the child came from someplace that has given them this knowledge and maybe we should be listening uh, because maybe we've forgotten what they know. And, you know, there's that old fable about uh, the the big brother who goes and gets in the baby's crib and says, wake up, wake up, you have to tell me uh, I've forgotten <laughs> who God is. So... You know, that, that idea that, that perhaps we should be listening more. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you know, everyone has a different um, belief system about what happens when we die um, and this idea of past lives and reincarnation and those types of things. Um, what I find in my own um, meditation and the messaging I receive in, in channeled writing is that... Um, I tend to follow along the lines of, you know, children do choose who they're going to be born to and that we do choose to be together. And as families, you know, time after time after time as we work out our um, little bugs of soul growth (laughs) together. And if if that's the case, you know, I don't know. I certainly don't have all the answers, but it's one way of of looking at it or one paradigm to use. Um, It's an interesting idea that... Yeah, absolutely it is. And when we think of it that way, it makes a whole difference in terms of our connection. So, well, we're going to talk some more about that in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for more from Sarah Wiseman. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. 
That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back. We're talking today to Sarah Wiseman about her latest book, Your Psychic Child. And you know, the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research education and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational research, and engaging in global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. That's N-O-E-T-I-C. Check it out. And uh, we also have an online event for you, um, Sarah. I think you're giving away some books online, so you want to tell us about that? Sure, that's right. Um, My lovely publisher has given me um, a number of books to give away, and so the way we can do that is if people go to my uh, website, uh, www.sarahweisman.com. If you spell it right, you'll still be able to find it eventually. And if you just um, sign up on the newsletter, I'll take uh, those people and I'll do kind of a drawing and just sort of I'll connect you, uh, get your address, and whoever won, I'll be sending a, a copy of your psychic child out to you. So an early Christmas present for yourself, or you can give it as a gift to someone else. Wonderful. Yes, that would be a great Christmas gift, especially if you are concerned, as as all parents usually are, about um, your child and how to pr- support that very uh, important intuitive element in your child's life. So check that out today at sarahwiseman.com. Is that it? Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. Uh, so I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about... Um, we were talking uh, about how, what intuition is and how we experienced intuition over the generations and how that's changed. I want to ask about uh, something you've read about, written about very well in your book is the different stages of, of, of evolution of the uh, psychic or intuitive ability in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Can you say something about that? Yes. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, around the time that parents often start to notice um, something is a little different might be around the time the child is is two or three when they're getting verbal enough to sort of, you know, talk to you about about this. Um, The stages of opening are very similar to the the broader developmental stages in terms of how a child learns. I mean, you know, first you learn to um, use a spoon and then you learn to... um, you know, maybe be potty trained and then to dress yourself or maybe those might be reversed and you learn to tie your shoes and eat your lunch at school and and then later you learn to, ah, get your driver's license, no, and, you know, on and on through these stages. The intuitive stages of opening are are pretty simple. Um, they, They take the child at a pace the child can understand so that, say, a child is, um, clairvoyant, which means the art of intuitive seeing, or it's um, seeing uh, imagery in your mind's eye, or seeing visions of what might be happening in the future. You know, at the beginning, a child who's two or three might be very clairvoyant, but not have the vocabulary to express this to a parent. Um, So if as a parent, you're more aware of what that might look like, um, instead of the child Saying, I don't know, they have an imaginary friend, you as the parent will be clued into like, okay, he's seeing something. It could be an imaginary friend as in a, a, a little spirit. It could be a vision that he's seeing. And by understanding um, how kids develop more clearly, you can actually you know, help them and support them more. Obviously, the two-year-old psychic is going to have different... Um, abilities to understand what he or she is seeing than the teenager psychic who's probably going to have a pretty good awareness of what's going on and um, be able to explain it and experience it uh, quite well. Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, one other thing is just as there's kids, you know, some kids are really good at maths and sciences. Some kids are better at uh, language and reading. Um, I tend to find that people who are better at language and reading tend to often be more um, 
clairaudient, which is intuitive hearing, hearing messages and, and, and seeing signs and synchronicities. Um, kids who are more math and science related might have a different, a different way of having abilities. So most kids will get, you know, a couple stronger abilities and then the others will open around those. Um, things sort of cluster in stages so your strongest ability will show up first and then as they choose or don't choose to develop them, the other abilities um, may come along. Right, right. And I, I, I think that they choose to uh, develop them is an important piece of that. Um, it's not that we're going to be, as parents, we're not going to be developing this for them. They're going to develop it. Yes, yes. And I think that's sort of the um, piece where the parent can support, but to force is really you know, a, a very poor decision. Um, I would hate to see any child that was, say, a medium, you know, being put on a stage and say, you know, show us your abilities. That just seems the absolute opposite of um, what I believe. I believe that, that these abilities should be taken as a gift and for the um, betterment and the, the support of the whole child and not singled out as, you know, some oddity to be to be developed in a in a public way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very well said. Yeah, what what uh I want to field this thing before we go any further. What if a parent believes that he or she isn't psychic and the child does appear to be? What then? Oh, well then they should should read the book and try some of the exercises and realize, you know, oh, I'm more psychic than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um no, seriously, I think I think that uh we are all psychic and or intuitive, and depending upon how you were raised culturally, what age you are, what types of things your parents, your own parents told you, you know, were, were right or wrong, um, that kind of determines how open you are to the idea of awakening your own abilities. Um, but really, learning the abilities is so simple that, that literally working through this book uh, doing the exercises with your child, um, most parents or many parents are going to find, oh, my goodness, I have abilities, too. I had no idea. I had no idea this is what it was like or this is what it looks like or sounds like. Um, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for when that begins to happen. That'll be a neat thing. Yeah. And, you know, so many times as I'm working with adults in my practice, I, I find that that intuitive ability is definitely there, but as you said, it's been ignored, and it's and it's um, it's because our society says, you know, those are freaky things. You don't want to pay any attention to that because that's you know weird. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we don't. And I mean, I think just starting where you started in the book with gut feelings is a is a wonderful place to start because we all have those. And so, can you tell us a little bit about what that means to have a gut feeling about something? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, And I did start with gut feelings because you're right. It's like the thing that is most accepted. People, mm-hmm. you know, trust their gut or uh, trust their body. Um, a lot of times when things happen, so say you're around, let's use the example of a person, um, a yucky, icky person that you really shouldn't be around, your body is going to have a very strong reaction to the energy of the person um, your body is its own, you and yourself and your body are your own um, kind of little energy universes, and then another person has their own little energy universe. And in fact, we're all part of one big giant energy universe. Um, But there's a way to um, really gauge and sense the energy of other people or even other objects. So your body um, has the ability to tell you. You might uh, get a sick feeling in your stomach, might find yourself contracting away. You might just get this sense of like, uh-oh, no way. Um, um, you might feel your own vibration getting very low when you're around this more negative person. Conversely, whenever you hear something that is, I call, you hear something that is true. For me, when I'm uh, working with people, sometimes they'll say, they'll say something that is so true or I'll see something that is so true and my body or my gut feeling, um, my clairsentience is the proper term, I'll have a gigantic um, chill down my back or even the hair on my arms will stand up. 
um, my body saying, yes, look at this one. This one is true. Here is the yes answer, and it's revealed to me through physical sensation. So that's one that people um, experience all the time, and starting with that one is a, a good place to take off from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that you talk about that I think is very interesting is uh, the idea of kids and meditation because that's a definite place of, of opening to our inner world and being able to, you know, just even access it and, and, and certainly trust it uh, through that medium of meditation. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about that right after the break. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Sarah Wiseman. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desk, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with uh, Sarah Wiseman about her latest book, Your Psychic Child. And the subtitle of that book is How to Raise Intuitive and Spiritually Gifted Kids of All Ages. So, I, I, you know, before the break, uh, we talked about the, the idea that kids could learn to meditate, and I want to sort of expound on that just for a second, if I can, that the idea that meditation is a way that even if your child has not shown you uh, real signs that they are psychic in the, in the sense that we usually think of that word in the and that is usually a woo-woo sense that, that is kind of like, uh, you know, well, that's kind of scary. And we're going to talk about that medium uh, part of that uh, as well. But uh, even if your child is not uh, showing those kind of overt signs of, of being a psychic, certainly intuition and um, self-guidance can be fostered and supported through meditation. So you talk some about that in your book. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm pretty aware that a lot of parents have, um, you know, their own family, uh, religious or spiritual traditions, and so I also believe that um, prayer is a really excellent way to help get your kids into that place where their their brain can be very intuitive. So um, prayer is is one beautiful, beautiful way. Um, but meditation is nice because it lets your kids' brain sort of float freely in this, um, what I would call a bit of a trance state, and um, 
a, the, a light state of trance is sort of like the psychic sweet spot for um, the place where your child will want to go when they're trying to gather intuitive, you know, specific intuitive information. And so meditation is just almost like a little portal or a little entryway, um, getting them used to this sort of, of brain frequency. Um, now, a two-year-old is not going to be able to meditate very long, um, and um, also a teenager might not be able to meditate very long. Teenagers' brains are, are there's been a lot of research, and in my own home, as, as I deal with teenagers, I'm very aware that um, the distracted brain is, is alive and well at my home. Um, but, uh, for, you know, so, so use music. you can use music, especially very trancey music, um, kind of a new age sound ambient music is a very good way to take them uh, to this to this kind of place. You don't have to sit in any position. You could just lie on the floor and turn some music on and let your child just sort of float along to that. Um, it's just training their brain to go to this place, uh, and that's the place they need to go when they're doing intuitive work. Mm, absolutely, and that place is just the in, inner world, for one thing, if nothing else. If you, yes. There's no other language for it. It's definitely the inner world. I remember with my own son, I remember him telling me one time that he was he was just in that state of bliss. He was saying, Mom, this music is just like, I've never felt such joy before. And I was yeah. like, well, that's really cool. Do that some more. <laughs> yeah, know? and what a gift to give your child if they can find that one time. I mean, that's such a healthy, healing, whole place to go. And um if you can show them how to get there one time, they're going to want to return and return again to that transformative, you know, amazing place of connection. Yep. It's pretty neat. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, I think another thing that's important to sort of bring up here just in, as we're talking about this is the idea that our children uh, might be seen as different. Um, I think that's one of the big fears that we as parents have is that our children are going to be mocked or, or, or cruelly ridiculed or even bullied at school because they are different. And um, I do think we have to um, recognize that fear in ourselves and um, make room for it in our children as well. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. um, Well, I definitely noticed um, in my own family around the time that kids start to become preteens, pretty much any... um, any desire to do anything intuitive, and actually, I think this is really a, a, a broad uh, age that this would happen. Um, you know, they just shut down. They don't want their peers to know about anything different. The girls all want to dress alike, and the boys all want to, you know, be alike in whatever ways they want. Um, and this is just part of the preteen and the teenage experience, wanting to be belonging to you know, their particular tribe. So um, I've addressed that in the book, ways of being sensitive to, you know, your child is a is a, a unique being and they exist in the family and with the parents, but they also exist as their own people, you know, in their school and with their friends. And to really allow, um, you know, if your child at age eight was super psychic all the time and then suddenly at age 11 was like no mom I want Justin Bieber you know <laughs> then then let that let that be as it is that's an appropriate developmental stage that needs to be you know respected yeah and the other piece is that it it gives us evidence that they can shut it down when they want to mm-hmm. and that's actually a positive thing they can uh, bring it up when they want to and shut it down when they want to yeah I, I believe that um the type of intuition I teach, which is all divinely based, as opposed to any darker energies, um, you have full, you you have control of the comfort level and um, of what occurs at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've actually given some exercises in the book for how to help uh, uh, adolescents, I mean children, not adolescents, uh, meditate. And I really would encourage you guys to buy the book if you're listening because it it really does have some great exercises in it, accessible exercises, not tiresome exercises, but really exercises that that you can do that are easy that are that are um, make sense to children. So uh, yeah, I would really encourage that because these exercises do help 
the children to be able to realize that just in their worlds, in their everyday worlds, there's some form of meditation going on, or it, it may even help the parents realize that as well. Yep. So, and, and you know, I've been a parent. I have four kids total. Um, some of them are quite old by now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been through the parenting uh, <laughs> minefield of figuring out what works and what doesn't, and um, I'm pretty aware of the attention span that kids have and that and the time that parents have to work on this kind of stuff. So it's, uh, I like to make things very, very simple. Right, right. The whole, the whole idea of being a parent is such an amazing, brave act that any of us do. Um, that, you know, we, and, and to, particularly today where there's so much emphasis on doing it right, um, maybe not enough emphasis as a matter of fact, but still a lot of emphasis on doing it right and all the guilt that comes with the package and all the worry that maybe you're doing it wrong and, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do to my child and all that. Um, so that, uh, you know, that all of that is um, included in the respect package that comes with just the whole idea of allowing yourself to be a parent and actually taking that on as a role that you're taking very seriously. So, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really good about your book is that you have such respect for that, and uh, it's apparent that you, you allow them to do that, uh, to, to be in their role as they see it. And um, the other piece is that I think that, you know, in that, in that fear of what we might do wrong, we also come to conclusions about what will and will not be accepted in the child's life, and we, we tend to want to do want to shut that down, and it's scary to us. So what do you say to a parent who's scared? You know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about um, not this so much, but but the idea that we put our children um, into all of these organized activities now. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I, like, rode my bike to my friend's house, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And um, now, you know, these kids are just run from from morning until sometimes, you know, 9 or 10 at night every single day with activities that are meant to enrich them. And um, I just find this kind of mind-boggling. In my own family, we don't, I don't have that kind of stamina to be out running to, you know, volleyball a bazillion times. And I, I just, the, the importance of, of giving your child um, downtime, not just because it's a super great way to boost their intuitive abilities, but just because um, it's unc- it, 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 I think that as we move further in terms of our understanding of kids, I would say that in 20 years, people are going to look at these the hurried schedules that we have put our kids on and say, you know, what were we doing? Mm-hmm. And yet... N- much of the view nowadays is that this is a good thing, that this mm-hmm. is beneficial to your child. And so, um, or even, you know, you go way back to Dr. Spock. Uh, I can remember my own mother saying, I'm not sure it was him, but when I was born and raised, my mother said, you know, we weren't allowed to pick the children up when they cried because that was considered wrong. So I think that for the parent, the thing to understand is that this is your beautiful child, and this is a unique being, and you've been blessed with the, mostly blessed with the, you know, task of, of creating this child as a whole being, as, you know, supporting. Um, and use your own sense of what to be afraid of, and use your own sense of what is correct for your child, and perhaps back away from the societal pressure to, you know, put them in this and put them in this and put them in that and, you know, maybe just stay home and hang out, see what that's like. Yeah, I remember, and it was many years ago now, but when I when I first had ch- uh, children, or my firstborn, was, I was very nervous about it and read every book in the nation <laughs> that there was to read. And as over time, I began to realize that I was reading these books going, you know, I don't really agree with that, but I agree with this. And I finally figured out that if I could make those decisions, I could really trust myself with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk some more right after the break with Sarah Wiseman. Stay tuned for more in just a few minutes. (laughs) 
awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the first in your child's life. But how do you cope with the first that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're at our final segment now, talking with Sarah Wiseman about her latest book, um, Your Psychic Child. And um, I want to give you, Sarah, just a minute to talk to the audience about um, how they can link with you and sort of update them on what you've been doing and what's coming up for you, if you don't mind, for just a few minutes. Oh, absolutely. Well, first thing, everyone um, can enter. I've got some books to give away today, courtesy of my publisher, Llewellyn. And so if you want to be a part of that, just go to uh, my website, sarahwiseman.com, and uh, enter into the newsletter. That'll actually also get you a free ebook. Um, and I will do a little drawing and give away books, as many as I'm able to give away um, from that list. Uh, so mostly, um, I work extensively with adults in terms of um, psychic development. I do uh, intuitive readings and intuitive counseling. Uh, quite a bit of intuitive training. You can find out about that on my website. Um, and then I'll be traveling upcoming. Uh, I'm a kind of a West Coast gal at this point. I really love West Coast. I'm a Northwest native. And um, I'll be traveling to Kauai to the Inspirations Expo in January. And I'll be up in Seattle um, upcoming in the winter and spring um, at this point. So if you go to my website, you can look for that information. I'm working on my third book right now, uh, The Intuitive Path is what it's called at this point, and that will be a complete guide to um, how to do everything intuitive for adults who are new or also adults who have some experience and would like to expand their abilities. That's coming out in 2012. 
so obviously I don't believe the world is ending men might <laughs> be coming out. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep, I'm feeling like that's a that's not gonna happen either. So yeah. yeah. Two votes for no on the end of the world. <laughs> okay. So, all right, I want to spend just a little bit of time before we leave talking about what, what I would call the spookier side of, of, of psychic ability. Uh, and I know it's something that a lot of people are curious about. I'm sure that our audience is as well. One of the things you say in um, your book is that there are some cautions about mediumship with regard to children. So can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, the, first, the first caution, and this is not just about mediumship, but overall is you really want to make sure your child is not involved or interested in darker energies. And unfortunately, in today's cultures, there's a lot of darker energy stuff that's very, very mainstream. And by this I'm talking about, you know, the whole, uh, and not to pick on these guys at all, but just saying that, like, the twilight, the whole vampire thing, that's something that, um, you know, it's, it's popular culture, uh, your child is probably, you know, going to look at it or look at the books, but pay attention. Pay attention to that kind of darker situation. Pay also attention to any kind of, you know, goth practices or any sort of, you know, satanic or whatever. That is completely not the door or opening um, or entry place of mediumship that you want your child to enter. Um, you can instead, if a child is, is seeing the departed, um, it's very easy to sort of create a divine container so that, that your child can move safely in this realm. And even you as a parent, say there's always a pesky, you know, spirit bothering your child in a particular room of the house, you as a parent can march in there and, and set some very clear energetic boundaries so that this um, pesky departed no longer no longer shows up and knows very clearly that they are not um, welcome. So you have a lot more control, just as you wouldn't allow a bum or yucky person into your home or into bothering your child. Um, you as a parent have complete control over, uh, over this realm when you um, work from a divine container. Um, I just, the method that I teach doesn't really, um, it doesn't really allow access uh, in this in this realm, in this darker place. Um, however, I do suggest, you know, it is there and it is important to use caution. So always approaching from a place of highest vibration and often with a spirit helper that is divine are really good ways to sort of have a bouncer at your, at your back, make sure nothing goes awry. Okay. That's good information, and and uh, so really, what you said there is is counter to some of the stuff we see on on, on uh, things like the Ghost Whisperer and things like that, where the ghosts or the powers of the entities have more uh, power than the humans do. And what yeah. you're saying there is that's just really not true. Well, you know, that hasn't been my experience, and that hasn't been the experience of those who I teach. Um, I believe it is a matter of choice. Just like you can eat, you know, junk food or you can eat really healthy food and it is your choice where to focus your energies, I believe that you can um, focus uh, to the higher vibrations and that if you do this, that you are divinely protected at all moments. That's okay. been my experience. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so now you mentioned spirit guides, so I'm going to go ahead and bring that up. What's the difference between a ghost and a spirit guide? Oh, well, and again, a lot of this is um, terminology, but a ghost I would define as the departed, which is people who have passed on or transitioned or died. Uh, for kids, the departed often show up, um, you know, like a loving grandparent or a very curious great-grandparent who maybe never got to meet the child. And they usually show up as kind of supporters and um, cheerleaders or simply because they're curious. Sometimes the departed might show up as your child may see, you know, say there's a woman in the grocery store and your child may spot an entity or being near that woman. And, you know, your child is just witnessing what's happening. Um, but that entity usually doesn't have anything to do with your child. It's for the other person. 
uh, spirit guides are, I think of them as, I don't know, like translators from even higher, higher source, um, spirit guides, angels, ascended masters, saints, holy ones, all of these um, people. And for everyone listening, like just knock your elbow to the right a little. You're probably hitting a spirit guide, you know, right now. Um, they're just here to help us as we make our path in this lifetime. Um, so that's the difference. One is a divine helper. The other is a departed who has already passed, passed on from this life. So you would recognize a divine helper by the fact that they are actually giving you information or help or guidance in some way. Yes, and the departed often I have found, you know, I'm sure there's many people who may disagree, but this is my ex- experience that I've found. The departed often want to just say their story mm-hmm. or tell you about them, whereas the um, spirit guide aspect is really there to provide you with information you need that is useful and beneficial to you or to provide healing. Right. So, you know, I'm going to say here what uh, so many people who do past life regressions say. If you want to think of these terms in metaphorical ways, uh, it still gets us into that internal world where we begin to listen more to what's, what we're hearing instead of ignoring it or passing it by. So if these words ghost and spirit guide and uh, mediumship and all that bother you, then, you know, those are, those are languages that are being used to uh, facilitate an understanding of how we can connect with the divine. So um, the connection to the divine is yours to make, and uh, you get to use whatever language for that or whatever metaphors for that you'd like. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I use spirit guide because that's how it appears to me. Right. Um, is it um, self-conscious or higher self or interior self? It, uh, yes. Different words, same language, or same meaning. Okay, so this is the end for our show today. I'm sorry to say uh, goodbye to Sarah Wiseman. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I really loved every minute of it. Yep, me too. And next week we're going to be talking to Dan Clark about life after religion. So you don't want to miss this fascinating conversation. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I have that wrong. I just gave you the wrong information. It's Jonathan Ellerby coming on next week. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And we will be back for that. So uh, remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.